Macon nearly reached the outer fringes of the circle of light when a dark form catapulted out of the gloom on the far side. It took the intervening distance in two powerful leaps and descended on him with drawn automatics. Macon, who was well aware of the eclipse from the masked man's past dealings with Bull Logan and his gang, instantly recognized his opponent. He kicked out with one expensively shod foot, missing the masked man by a full yard, and tried to swivel to bring his gun into firing position. The masked crime fighter had anticipated him and brought one of his guns slashing down to connect with the gangster's bullet of a head. Macon spat blood and swore, but he dropped his gun in pain and anger. The eclipse easily kicked it out of the gangster's reach. The bun skittered off into the gloom, casting a string of sparks in its wake. Even unarmed, Macon was a dangerous foe. He recovered almost instantly and drove headlong into the masked man. His solid bulk slammed into the eclipse, driving the masked man back toward the sharp edge of the massive desk. Macon had reached the snap conclusion that if he could smash his opponent's spine with his desperate charge, he could then finish off the interloper without interference. The armored walls of the warehouse should hold the raiding party at bay for a few minutes. There was no time for the masked detective to dodge clear of the gang leader's path. Acting on instinct, he frantically backpedaled until his extended fingertips encountered the edge of the desk behind him. The charging Macon was just feet behind, hunched low in a tackle which would put the full force of his advance against the eclipse at waist height. The man in the black mask allowed his own momentum to carry him back onto the top of the desk. As Macon's bulk slammed into him, the eclipse was already using his arms to lever himself upwards. The result was that the charging crook's momentum was misdirected. It drove the eclipse up over the edge of the desk, instead of into the solid edge. The eclipse's black-clad body folded at the waist, and he rolled across the desktop, scattering papers and office equipment in his wake. At the far end of the desk, he executed a neat somersault and vanished from sight. An instant later, he was again on his feet, his automatics in his hands. Macon had not been idle in the meantime— he had crashed headlong into the end of the desk, which had shifted several feet in the face of his assault, but had instantly recouped and dashed around the obstacle. By the time the eclipse regained his feet, Macon was charging down on him again, a wicked, looting stiletto raised for the killing blow. The eclipse brought his left hand down, smashing the forty-five in his hand against the gang leader's extended wrist. Macon shrieked in rage and frustration as his hand went numb. The knife arced through the air, barely missing the masked man's cheek. Macon instinctively fell back and dodged around the corner of the desk as he seized the damaged wrist with his free hand. That was all the advantage the Eclipse needed. The automatics dropped into his coat pockets, and his gloved fists beat a fierce tattoo against the man's ribs and shoulders. Macon staggered blindly back, nearly tripping over a potted tree. With more luck than skill, he managed to remain on his feet. As the eclipse brought his fist up from his knees for a devastating blow, Macon threw his full weight against the wide bookcase which had formed the backdrop to his desk. The book-choked shelves skittered around on the concrete and then toppled forward. 
The eclipse, seeing the assembly coming down on him, ducked and rolled. He managed to place the heavy desk between himself and the falling case. There was a deafening crash of wood on wood and books spewed out across the floor. The overhead spotlights winked out. In the near distance, a dazzling rectangle of light suddenly appeared off to one side. Then it was deformed and warped by a series of ghostly shapes as the police raiding party poured through the breached doorway and piled into Macon's headquarters. There was a moment of confusion, and then a sea of flashlights sprang into being and swept the cavernous room, which was now empty except for two figures who stood very still, hands held high, in the center of the chamber. From somewhere in the rear of the group, Reno's voice rang out in relief. Theodore, he called. You okay, then?'